this is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. And this is Megan, and we are in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, with one of my very good pals, <laughs> Mr. Fred Weaver. How are you, friend? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having oh, me. Thank you for coming yeah, on. Thank you for having us here. Yeah. yeah. So where are we? Uh, we are in Lakeview Personal Fitness. My son is running around uh -huh. as he does. Uh, it's a gym that I do some personal training out of, and I do some training myself. Good. And what kind of training is that? Uh, I'm a professional boxer, so I do some strength and conditioning here and my traditional weightlifting, and I help people do the same as far as their fitness. Some people that compete, some people that are just looking to get in better shape and yeah. be a better version of themselves. Love it. I help them do that. Love that. So Fred, what is your background and experience? Um, I've been competing in, I started off competing in MMA in 2008. Mm -hmm. And from there, I got burned out on that and I switched to boxing and kickboxing in about 2015. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing since. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a fruitful and venture. Just so you guys know, Fred gives the best hugs. <laughs> He's known as the best hugger in Birmingham. The is best that what hugger I'm known in Birmingham. As? What a title you have. I, know. I mean, you know, I earned it the old fashioned way, hugging <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> so when we met, Gosh, we've probably known each other for 12, 14, yes, maybe even 15 years. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's been a lot of years. How did you guys meet? So we met through the music scene of Birmingham. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I worked security at Zydeco, one of the local music venues, and she was there a lot. Mm -hmm. And she has an actual personality and <laughs> is not a vapid waste of time. <laughs> so we became friends. We and did. she's dealt with my bullshit since. <laughs> but it's not bullshit. It's mostly bullshit. I know myself. Don't, don't, play, don't play with me. So I know that you did security, but you've been like heavily around the music scene in Birmingham because you're friends yeah. with like everybody. Yeah, I'm very entrenched in the music scene yeah. for somebody who has no musical talent. I know. Uh, it's mostly because my introduction to like hanging around Southside, are you okay? I'll take that as a yes, uh, was through the uh, group of local rappers and DJs yeah. and that crew. And that spawned into the hardcore scene, which I've always been into that music. So mm -hmm. I would go to Cave Nine and like just hang out by myself because I liked the music and yeah. didn't know the people. Yeah. And later on, I became friends with a lot of people who were there at the same time. I just didn't know them. But yeah. uh, just friendships with people yeah. who have talent that I enjoy. You're easy to be friends with, I'll tell you that. I will <laughs> say that. So you grew up in Birmingham. Yes. What part? Uh, the west side, west the quote unquote bad side. The bad side. Well, yeah. my, my dad grew up in Inslee. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I'm in that area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, what was it like growing up here? Uh, I enjoyed it. Like, mm. I'm the youngest of four, so all of the older kids in the neighborhood knew me as Ronnie Pam and Nakia's little brother, so I never really got picked on, no more than like, my friends ju are just dickheads, <laughs> as am I, so, you know, birds Eventually. of a feather. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if nobody's really messing with you, you don't really have friends. Yeah. If you just have people placating you and telling you you're great, you're probably a, not a great person to be around, yeah. in my opinion. But I, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I had a, I've had a good life. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah. So what got you into boxing and MMA? I was always a fan of it growing up. Um, like, 
I remember watching Tyson fights. Nobody in my family boxed, but it was, at the time, Tyson was the guy. Yeah. So you had to watch him fight, whether it was six rounds or 30 seconds. You wanted to see it. And this was before YouTube and all of the stuff you could see instantly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we crowded around the TV, watched that. And uh, when MMA came along and blew up in the early aughts, uh, me and my friends would get together. We'd all throw in 20 bucks. We'd watch the pay-per-views, talk a bunch of shit. I had some friends that did jujitsu, so they were more versed in what was going on. Yeah. And a promotion was getting started, and they commissioned a friend of mine to make their shirts. And he asked, I guess they asked him if he knew anybody that would be looking to fight. And he asked me, and I said yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. With no training, I went wow. to a few jujitsu classes just to do it. But, uh, yeah, I went into it not the way I would tell people to get into it. <laughs> right, right. Just, and I was winning just because I'm athletic. And you I was are, just fighting yeah. tough rednecks. Yeah. So, like, you know, local tough guy and, like, whatever. That trained at a gym with his buddy shed. But they just watched UFC the same way I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you transition from MMA to boxing? Or have you just been doing both? I'd always time. had interest with it. Yeah. Uh, I'd always trained with boxers to get my boxing better for MMA. Yeah. And uh, again, I was offered an opportunity to, to take a boxing match, and I did it, which mm -hmm. was the, my first boxing match ever was the match where I tore my bicep. Oh, God. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. How then, long uh, was that recovery? Uh, it was about six weeks. That's it? Of just it's not boredom. That bad. It's not that bad. I was wow. more bored than in yeah. pain. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, at the time I was running security at Saturn, a local music mm -hmm. venue, and I lived about five miles from there. So every day I was out just purely because I was bored, I would yeah. walk to Saturn, clean the floors of the venue, yeah. and then walk back home just to be doing something. Because yeah. I cannot live. Sit still. It's I hard. I'm not good at that. Yeah. You know, I've we worked, I've like always that. had multiple jobs. I'm yeah. not comfortable with just Hustler. one job. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, just to be doing something. There's yeah. only so much TV I can watch. Yeah. I love watching TV, but at a point, I feel like a lazy piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. Can we cuss on this? Because I cuss a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, yeah. Feel, yeah. feel free. Bullshit, dick bullshit. <laughs> get them all out of the way. Yeah, just uh, had to get it out. Yeah. Um, I'm not good at, like, doing nothing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was what I did it's to stay quality. busy. Yeah. I think so. Mm -hmm. So what has been your biggest achievement in that career? My biggest? Uh, I mean, I fought a couple of times in Las Vegas, which is known as the mecca of fighting. It was smaller shows, but to me, like, I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. I got my first knockout in MMA was in Las Vegas. My first actual, like, hit him and he's, he's wow. done. That was in Las Vegas, so that was cool. How did that uh, feel? Like the moment that you knocked out someone and you won, like how, what was that moment like? It's the same every time and I'm straight edge. I've never done a drug in my life. I don't drink alcohol, but I understand chasing the dragon. Yeah. Like you wanna, like that's the high. Yeah. Away from raising that boy, uh, it's the high that you chase every time. Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate to be in a position to still be able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. at awesome. 41 years old. Yeah. It's incredible. You not look 41, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great guy. So, just to kind of pivot, what cultural shifts have you seen growing up as a black man in Birmingham to now? 
Uh, a lot more in, they labeled it as inclusivity. Yeah. Um, what does that mean to you? It means people paying attention to other people's problems instead of minding their own business. Yeah, yeah. That's just me. I could so, agree. Uh, yeah, I'm very much a, a, a mind your own business, handle your business, mm -hmm. do your job, go mm -hmm. home, take care of yourself, take care of yours person. I don't like when other people are in my business, mm -hmm. whether it's public or private. That's just how I am. You're human. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. I don't know. I'll take it. You're Whatever pretty, I am. I'm pretty inhuman. Whatever I am, it ain't <laughs> changing. Yeah. Have you seen any different treatment or anything since kind of this woke ideology has come about? Oh, you mean when people got real soft and started getting on my nerves more? Yes. Um, I've seen a lot of a lot of placating. Yeah. As far as me, a lot of people like trying to let me know that, hey, I'm on your side. Like, I don't, don't need care. you on my yeah. side. I don't yeah. care and I don't know you and I don't want to know you. Uh, I know a lot of people. I don't have a lot of friends. And that's a personal choice that I made a long time ago because that's what works for me. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's more of like, um, or do you feel they come at you and when they say those things is like pity almost? Um. It depends on the, the demographic that person is from. Like yeah. I work with, you know, it's all circles. That's all life is, different circles of people. I work with, I know I'm friends with millionaires and I'm friends with people who don't know how they're gonna pay their bills. Sure. So it's more so, and I don't take anything as somebody taking pity on me because I don't acknowledge that, whether yeah. they're offering it or not. Um, well, it's just more people just wanting to be on the good side of, whatever I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm nothing special, nobody's special. Yeah. But I don't know, people just decide that I need their support or the, yeah. the community needs their support and that's all they want to talk about and I just can't deal with that. Yeah. Have you noticed any, like, of the friends that you do have or maybe acquaintances that you see often that kind of abide by that? Wokeness. A lot of them. Do they I treat just, you any different? They, they try like to. I say? say the same offhanded, stupid, irreverent things yeah. that I've always said. Just because your mind frame shifted doesn't mean that mine did, and it doesn't mean that I have to change who I am. Mm -hmm. Or saying the obvious not serious, irreverent bullshit that I've always said, or some version of, just because it all of a sudden offends you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, to answer your question, yes, I've seen it, and it doesn't really affect anything. If somebody doesn't like the things I say, then they don't have to talk to me. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it make you feel when all of the BLM riots were going on and a lot of black people were coming out saying that they were the victim of everything and they were the victim of society and that society has fallen? How did that make you feel? Uh, society hasn't fallen, we're still here. Yeah. Uh, society shifted and I can't bring myself to play the victim card because I'm not a victim. I don't like when people play the victim card. Bullshit has happened to people, absolutely, but 
not saying that race hasn't played a role in it because it obviously have look at the history look at where we are it is what it is yeah. but we're here today and we're past most of that yeah. uh, that backwoods mentality of someone being better than someone else because of their race does exist and those people live in the fucking woods yeah. so to act like that's the prevailing mentality is in my experience like I said I'm in a lot of circles yeah. and it's just not true yeah I think it's like the mindset and the perception that these groups these people that claim that they're the victims they think they have unequal opportunity because so and so and I think a lot of it falls down to personal responsibility and you yeah. seem like you have personal responsibility you want to work and it's the people yeah. that have fallen to they want to play the victim card they don't want to do those things so therefore they have to jump to I'm the victim yeah, like it's like walking into a room. If I walk into a room full of white people, I don't think, oh shit, I'm the only black person here. Like if I walk into a room full of white people, like, yeah, Fred's here. You're fucking welcome. Like, yeah. I don't care. Race, yeah. race exists. Yeah, obviously I have fucking eyes and yeah. whatever, but it doesn't affect anything I do. Yeah. Like yeah. I have a mixed son. He is fucking amazing. He is. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think it's almost racist when people bring race into the question. Like, if we don't see color, then why are we why separating are we those people and saying that it makes them people have unequal opportunities? Like, mm -hmm. I think that is essentially racist by having these programs, uh, wanting to give reparations and things like that, because essentially then we are seeing race and then we are dividing people by race, yeah. which is exactly it, what we're trying to get away from. Yeah, it's either it's it's playing both sides of the coin. That's what the powers that be do. That's what they do. They yeah. put the idea in people's head. If they just lived where they are, where the, like the general public is boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. If you just lived here and looked around and tried to live your life instead of fitting some caricature of a personality, then you realize that, yeah, the world's not that fucking bad. Yeah. I mean, it just is what it is and people just one thing is given to them instead yeah. of working for it. Yeah. And, but, you know, I, think, I don't control other people. Yeah, I think we are just in a culture where people, like you said, like people don't want to have to work hard to get what they want out of life. Like some people want to dream big and then when things get hard, it's automatically because I'm a victim or I just yeah. didn't get, it didn't get handed to me. So it's not fair. But if you want a different dream, Fair's you want a different state of mind. Path, I mean, I've been behind my whole fucking life. Well, comparatively behind. Yeah. Uh, I spent the first 20 or so years of my life like only dealing with people who are of similar financial status and backgrounds as me, like kids that grew up in the projects. We really don't have shit, but compared to each other, like we were fine until I started hanging around the South Side with people who like may have come from something of fiscal means and seeing that like, that's when I became really cynical. I realized that recently, uh, seeing people who could like go to school, who could do this, mm -hmm. could do that, but they didn't. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you complaining to me? Like, yeah, I'm gonna That's leave, yeah. I'm That's gonna leave the fountain and go point. back to the fucking projects. Yeah. I'm happy. Um, Why aren't you happy? Cause so. it's like not, they're used to that lifestyle of getting everything they want and yeah. that's not enough because it's not that, that stuff that they want has no meaning yeah it's not fulfilling i think when you have less you're almost more grateful for for what you have yeah i'm happy for you, every you learn to be grateful guy. because you put in hard work and it builds character and you have grit and i think grit is something that separates you from like a lot of people like you mm -hmm. have grit 
sounds like you have grit. And that is like a character trait that is so crucial throughout your lifespan because I think that grit, that hard work that you put into making your dreams happen, to making, like creating your success, what you define as successful, like that mm -hmm. takes grit. And the people that have it give it to them don't know what that feels like. Yes. And that grit is like a part of pride. Like you have that yeah. sense of pride. They don't know what that feels like. So they just, whatever they're searching for, they're never gonna find it and it's just never enough. Yeah, that's true. That that applies to a lot of things. And like part of why I still fight and what I missed when I was taking a break from fighting when I was retired um, was like getting ready for fights and just pushing myself physically mm -hmm. and mentally and more so mentally because the physical part I was always doing because I have no other hobbies besides working out and watching TV. Mm -hmm. And I do one more than the other. Um, but like just the just the having my brain set like, all right, I have three weeks to push myself and then I get to do the thing that I enjoy more than almost any other thing on this planet, mm -hmm. which is fighting a grown man. Yeah. I'm a fucking caveman, it is what it is, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just the, the, the grit is, yeah. some people, it's not a thing you're born with. Like, I don't, I don't wanna say I've always pictured myself doing this kind of thing as a job, but it just feels right. It's yeah. weird to not have it. Like, like yeah. I said before, it's weird to not, I'm nervous if I only have one job. Because yeah. what if I lose this job, then what am I gonna do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I have multiple jobs, if I lose a job, just yeah. work the other jobs yeah. more. Yeah. That's such a good point though, that, you, that we harked on earlier, that people that came from maybe something or a little of something are the ones complaining. Mm -hmm. about what others don't have. Yeah. So it's like, why are you pointing out something that doesn't really concern you? Mind your business. Mind your business. Big fan of minding your business. Mind your, mind your P's and Q's. Yes. So, um, is he in school yet? Yes, he just started first grade. Is, is, it, is he in public school? Yes. Have you seen anything as far as like any sort of like indoctrination in his education yet? Or do you uh, fear that? I mean, it's on me to raise my son the way I want to raise him. Yeah. He's there whatever amount of hours a day, whatever amount of hours a week, but it's on me to make him a person. Yeah, amen. Like he can yeah, make parenting. your grades yeah. and like my mom raised me by herself. So like yeah. I am a lot like my mom. I work a lot, some would say too much. I have a smart fucking mouth, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I mind my own business. Yeah. So, I'm my mother's son. <laughs> well, and your mom worked hard, obviously, to provide for you and your yeah. siblings, and that rubbed off on you. And it's it's very apparent and it's very obvious that you you work hard to make sure that he's got a good life mm -hmm. and that you have a good life. Yeah, and he's going to learn that from you. Yeah, and that you're instilling the values that you learn from your mother into him it's just like a, like you like to say a legacy that carries on in life yeah. um do you are you fearful of any sort of indoctrination education that he's going to learn like in the future uh, i mean like i say like he's there and he'll hear what they say yeah just like i did when i was a kid yeah. but yeah. um he's going to be who he's going to be and he's going to be who me and his mother make him good yeah good I think that's a good parenting mindset and really you can drop your kid off at school and yes, they have eight hours or something like that, what they, how much time they spend in a classroom mm -hmm. and you don't really get to control what they're learning, what they're hearing. That's just, it's, 
the education I system. I talk to my son. Yeah. Even now, yeah. he's six. I talk to him. Yeah. Where they teach you That's this, that, and the other. Yeah. Like, and those values, though, like that gets learned from home. If the if you rely on the school system or the government to teach your child the values, raise your child, that's wrong. Yeah. Like, they're not you raising my one. child. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're teaching him some things and yeah. teaching him core skills at this point. Yeah. And the parents teach them values. And I think that's where a lot of people get it flip flopped is like, oh, well, I'm going to send my kid to school. And then when they come home, it's iPad time and I'm mm -hmm. too busy. I'm a wine mom. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. It's like I, t I need to unwind from work. A lot of people aren't spending that time connecting with their child, yeah. doing those because it's still Maslow's hierarchy of need, right? Like ch children, no matter how old they are, like when they come home from school, they need their parents. And that part is yeah. really crucial for childhood development. And a lot of people are kind of just taking their foot off the brakes. They were at school all day. I'm just going to like let them yeah. go and do whatever in their room and not know and who my kid is. And I think that's no. such a foolish thing because you're right, but values do get instilled at home. Yeah, I mean, like I enjoy, I don't, I don't have as much time with him as I would like. Yeah. But when I'm with him, I'm with him. Yeah, like, he has to deal with me and my time. bullshit. Like, he's, he could have been playing with his video game this whole time. He's just been running around. And mm -hmm. I prefer him to just keep, just keep running around. Yeah. Just be a little lunacy. Yeah, be he's curious. Not, be good. Yeah. He's yeah. figuring stuff out. <laughs> so good. It, it just sounds... I, this is the first time I've met him. Yes. And this is the first time I've seen you with him. Yeah. And it's, it's a different thing because I'm used to seeing you like ah, you know in your rock and roll element like being at the Whatever festivals and stuff but so it's like you're still Fred but you're like dad mode Fred and yeah. it's like I don't know I like being a dad it's so being good like I love seeing it yeah it's my favorite thing that I've ever done oh, oh, I love that that's yeah. so sweet I like the guy I like the guy <laughs> he's alright yeah, he's pretty cool <laughs> so like what's what's a you say you talk to him and like when he comes home from school, like you spend that time with him. So what does a what does an afternoon look like with him when he comes um, home? Generally, just hang out. Whatever he's into at the time, I'll let him play his games for a little bit, but um, just to wind down. Mm -hmm. But at some point, like you know, we just talk, we draw, yeah. we just chit chat. He yeah. tells me about whatever's going on at That's school. Awesome, yeah. How's his mom doing? Yeah. How are the animals? Aww. We just talk. Yeah. I always want him to be comfortable talking to me. Like, I'm com I could tell my mom anything. Mm -hmm. And I want him to have that relationship with me. Yeah. So it's super important to me just to have a relationship with him, period, but also a good relationship. Yeah. My dad wasn't around, and I didn't know the guy. Mm -hmm. Nothing against him. He made his own choices. I turned out okay. So I want him to have a better life with both parents, who he knows love them, and can he can talk to about anything that may arise in life. Yeah. Dads are... Like one of the most mom, dad, most important role. I feel like you get yeah. Yeah. some out of each parent, but like my dad, I'm so close with. And I think like it's it's so hard to see other people like when they don't have like that father figure because it is so important to have that. Like yeah. I think it instills so many values that your mom can't do because we know men yeah. and women are different. Uh, but I love that you say that like you talk to your son and like I'm the same way with my dad. Like I can tell that man anything. Like it's such open communication. And yeah. I think it, it's because like when we were little, like he was always like about the chit chatting and like mm -hmm. asking me how school was and like all the gossip, yeah. all the school gossip. It's like those little things that make a difference in the future and makes a good father. And like that is like a role that no one else can fill no. in mm -hmm. a child's life. And it makes such a big difference, especially like in their adult life. So yeah. that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm fortunate to have three older siblings who like 
help my mom. Like I said, yeah. she worked a lot, so it was on them to take care of baby brother. So I just went around with them, and you know, I had good, you know, even when they were just yeah. running around hanging out with their friends, they weren't doing anything outlandish, so I could always just go and sit in the corner and play video games or yeah. play pool or whatever. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I asked you earlier what you thought inclusivity meant. Mm -hmm. What do you think woke means? <laughs> uh, overly sensitive, for uh -huh. one. Uh, looking to be offended. Yeah. These are all attributes, not necessarily a definition of the word. Sure. But uh, annoying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's personal to me. Yeah. But um, woke. Just looking for problems. Yeah. Just looking mm -hmm. for something to complain about. Mm -hmm. I mean, good or bad, mostly irreverent, but just something to complain about. Yeah. It's like uh, the staff of a newspaper that has no headlines. Just pull something up. Good analogy. I know I'm great, right? Yeah. You are I'm so pretty good great. at words. I should write a book. You should. You should write a book, Rob. <laughs> I feel like the woke just means they don't live in reality. Yeah, it's they don't live on this planet. It's a fantasy. Yeah. It's a fantasy world. Nothing's real. They come up with all these terms or things that don't exist, and they make it a thing. Like there's mm -hmm. no such thing. No, I'm not gonna say it. YouTube. Um, <laughs> but they just come up with things that are just not real and then everyone else has to listen to it. Yeah. And then we yeah. all have to live in their fake reality that they created. And they get so mad when you don't agree or you don't believe that. And then yeah. What happened to agree to disagree? Or what happened to being able to just think freely? I have plenty of friends who we don't feel the same way about things. Yeah. But we're still friends. Yeah. We just, we either agree to disagree or we don't talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a disagreement with a friend. It's not an argument. Yeah. It's not a, it's not an event. It's not a friendship bender. It's yeah. just a disagreement. Yeah. With, no matter what the topic is. Yeah. And a lot of people can't fathom someone disagreeing with you and not being a fucking mortal enemy. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's weird. It's like they want diversity, but they don't want because when it's a disagreement, they don't want that kind of diversity. They're yeah, like, I want no, diversity not that kind. on my terms only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've lost a few friends because of that. Were they really friends though? Nope. Nope. Yeah. There's a difference between friends and We're people friends, you know. Friends respect your opinion. Yeah. And if they don't want to have that conversation, that's fine. But respect me. Yeah. And if someone doesn't respect your opinion, it's just not a friend. Yeah, I, and I. As hard as it's been to learn that and accept that, I have. Mm -hmm. And you just have to move on from it. You yeah, know? you have to live your life. Yeah, I can't, I can't worry about And we are in think. America where you can live your life however the fuck you want to do that. Amen. <laughs> Thumbs up. Fred Weaver for president. <laughs> it's been a hashtag for a while. I'm still not president. I'm kind of pissed about it, but whatever. Wait, how do we change this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm so glad that we made it down here. Yeah. And number one, got to see you. Number yes. two, let's flip flop that. Number one, got to hug you. Number <laughs> two, got to see you. Yeah. And I'm glad that you agreed to do this with us. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah.
Well, it comes from uh, my random internet interactions. Like, yeah. hey, when are you ready to have me as a guest? <laughs> I know. Like, well, hey, we'll be down, actually. He gets it. When are you going to have me on? I'm like, like, fine. You really, you really we'll want to. No, I'm so glad that we were able to have you on because now I got to come meet Megan's parents. <laughs> I have and that's a huge success. You met my mom. Did I hit on her? Probably. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> You've definitely met my mom. For sure. They're great. I'll meet her again. <laughs> I'll meet her again. Okay. I'm single. Yeah, her, oh my gosh, yeah, her, parents, her parents look great for their age. And yeah. I think I want them over. It's great because now I'm, I've never met her parents. And I feel like that's so I crucial. We're getting married. Well, yes. Fine. They approve. <laughs> I think I got the blessing. <laughs> so. I'm so happy for you. Oh, you know, we just do what we can. Yeah. But it's just nice to come home to Birmingham and yeah. see, you know, people like you, friends like you, and be able to have these kinds of open conversations and yeah. and do it. Really so. open conversations. Yeah. Really open. <laughs> yeah. But love you, friend. I love you, dear. I'm so you. happy to see you. And very nice to find yeah, you. I don't, I don't know if I love you yet, but it's very oh, nice you meeting will. you. <laughs> oh, you're gonna. Well, you're gonna. Well, I like confidence. <laughs> you I will. believe in myself. Oh, wait. We'll get the hug. She'll get the hug. <laughs> I'll give her a hug. I mean, I have no problem with it. We'll do it. All right. We'll love you, friend. Love you, dear. Love you, friend. Good to see you. Okay. Hi. We'll see you guys on Good. the next one. Yeah, you have to say, thanks for watching Girls Gone Right. Yeah. We'll let you do thanks it. Thanks for watching Girls Gone Right. <laughs> Bye, guys. See Just ya. those girls. <laughs> yeah.